Do you have an album that you just finished? Do you feel like it's the perfect synthesizer or modular album other than the mix? Are you just fighting it in your cans, on your studio monitors? Is it your DAW? What's going on? Well, I tell you what, you don't need to take up all of your creative energy trying to figure this out when there are people out there that can do it for you. I'm talking about Hugo R.A. Paris at Tiny Crush Mixing. His work is custom tailored to synthesists and modular synthesis. He works on recommendations from Nathan Moody. So what does that tell you? <laughs> I'm looking at his background here and it's, it's like, it's almost unbelievable. So let's just start with an academic background where he focused on acoustic and signal processing. That work led him to uh, work with MIT, Caltech, Stanford University. Uh, he has three of his own albums out. Uh, one is on Beacon Sound, the record label. Uh, so he's label mates with Terry Riley and Amulets and many others. Also has some music out on Jack Tone Records. His albums have received positive attention from the press and have been reviewed by outlets such as Accelerator, Fact Magazine, and Resident Advisor. Like those are the three. For electronic music. Um, oh yeah, he also conceived and developed the spherical wavetable navigator, the flagship Eurorack module over at 4MS. So you're in good hands. His state-of-the-art studio provides the ideal listening configuration for your work. He also will do remote mix breakdowns with you if you're interested in learning you know, what he's doing and maybe how to do it for yourself in the future. The turnaround time is quick and he offers add-ons such as reamping and analog summing. Openings start now. So you're sitting on that album and you want it to sound as good as it possibly can, then head over to tinycrushmixing.com and get a hold of Hugo. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held. This week, we have Nero Bellum on the show. I'm very excited about that. We're going to talk about the Cursible, the, uh, the module that he's making with, uh, with Erica Sins. He's launching his own modular company called Sacrament Modular. I'm sure you know all this. The, uh, the Cursible has been... Um, a, lot of peop- a lot of people have been talking about it. And I can say firsthand uh, that it's, it is an amazing module. And we're going to get into the whole thing, but I just want to, you know say this as many times during this episode uh this is this module only come into existence if you go buy it it's a crowdfunding operation um so yeah link in the bio go check that out i'm not going to ramble too much today we're going to get right into this chat but i just want to say firstly thank you to new york modular society for having me last week and to modular seattle for also having me last week for um, some live streams. It was a lot of fun. It's so much fun to get in those chat rooms and hang out with everybody and and share the bill with such amazing artists. And I think all of these shows are archived, so if you missed them, you can go check them out. Um, I'm going to do a little walkthrough with Nero and the the Cursible towards the end of the episode. Um, And there will be a video of this on YouTube. Link in the show description if you want to just watch the video of that. this drum beat that you hear right now is actually going through the Cursible um, and then into a plethora of effects. And that's what's giving it so much um, like movement. There's some glitchiness and everything. I'm telling you, this module rules. Um, also want to thank Make Noise. That was a, a fun fun ep- episode last week. It's been really fun messing with Strega. And uh, you're going to definitely hear more from Strega 
uh, in this episode, in a little bit, actually. Um, what else? I don't think there's really much else to say. I, w- I really want to get into this episode because um, I'm really excited about this this module and uh, excited to, to finally have got to chat with Nero. So let's uh, let's do that. Let's get into it. Well, Nero, thank you so much for joining me. I've actually been wanting to have you on the show for a while, um, so this is kind of uh, fortuitous that this is all aligning with with the module and everything. So thanks. Great. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's appreciated. Big um, fan. Thanks. Likewise. Um, so before we get into talking about the Cursible and Sacrament Modular, um, I would like to just get, get to know you a little bit. Um, first off, where did you grow up? Oh, I, I grew up uh, in California in a little place called Castro Valley. It's in the mm-hmm. East Bay. Uh, people know Oakland and Berkeley, so uh, somewhere around there. Okay. Right uh, spent a lot of time in Berkeley growing up, um, and then uh, San Francisco in my late teens, I suppose. Okay. Early 20s, and then uh, moved to Hollywood in my mid-20s. Okay. Say. All right. Yeah. And when did... Um when did music come into your life? I always like to ask the question about like when music as a listener came into your life and then when was there a moment that like you heard something that blew your mind that kind of shocked oh, you yeah. into I wanting mean, to be def- a musician? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's going to sound pr- uh, pretty funny probably, but uh, Megadeth. So dude, I, was, I was really big. I love Megadeth. Metal. I fucking dude. Um, let's see. I like count countdown. My wait, no. Yeah, Countdown's my favorite, I think. Countdown's or, great. I like Crypt. Dude, I actually, when I, I lived in, it's just a little sidebar, I lived in Kalamazoo, Michigan in like 2008 to 2010, and that's when uh, they released an album called Endgame, which I okay. actually yeah. really, like, got really, really into, and this was way after my Megadeth phase, and uh, I was playing a lot of Call of Duty online at the time, and I'd never taken first place, but I was listening to Endgame because I was going to go see them live that night, and I wanted to get to the new album, get to know it, because I figured, well, they're going to play all mostly new songs tonight. So I get to know this album, but as I'm listening to it, I'm getting so pumped up that I finally take first place. There um, you go. Yeah, I was super stoked. And then we got there, and they didn't play one song off of the new album, which was fine, but I was like, <laughs> I got to know this yeah. all day. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you, you get to a certain point, and as an artist, you kind of know that um, once you develop a back catalog and you got diehard fans that have been around for a while, I mean, they're not there to hear the new album right. for the most part. And you know, um, and you might be stoked to want to play those new songs you, that you just worked on. You know, this is the best stuff I've ever done. But, you know, and to you, maybe that is. And maybe, you know, after playing the hit 100,000 times all across the world, you're just kind of, you know been there done that so you're totally. really excited to play this yeah. new stuff but that's not what the fans want to hear for the most part right. so so yeah. i mean you're in lot you're in bands like is that something that has you know kind of come up with in your career like something that kind of like oh, i want to do this but i gotta you know like ultimately it is for the fans like sure but um you know i do i take that stuff into consideration when um putting together a live set um mm. But at the same time, if it's not fun, like, why am I doing it? Right. So I, I right. have to, some of it has to be for me. You know, yeah. if I want to play three or four songs off the new album, I probably will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, but we actually just did a tour where we, uh, we played one of our older albums all the way through front to back, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that's just for the fans. At right, that point. right. So, yeah. 
That's cool. Um, yeah, I went to, uh, Stephen Malkmus is one of my favorites, um, from pavement. And every time he comes out with a new album, like he plays nothing, he lets plays front to back the new album. And then maybe we'll throw in two pavement songs, which is cool. Oh, wow. If you really like the new album. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you're into Megadeth. Is that like teenage years then? Sure. Probably, uh, 12 or 13, you know, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't really into music. I would hear what my parents would play in the car, you know, mm -hmm. my dad would, was big into like Led Zeppelin and, and you know, I, sure. Led Zeppelin's great, you know, and I, you know, uh, discovered a love for them kind of later on when it wasn't force fed to me. Um, but no, it wasn't until like, you know, Megadeth, Metallica, um, about 12 years old, 13, um, that I kind of found my own path. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, then started hearing bands like Slayer and Testament, and you know, uh, I dove pretty deep into the whole thrash metal thing. And when I was 14, uh, I went to see Megadeth live. Uh, this was probably Cryptic Writings tour, but it was yeah. still like the Rust in Peace lineup, which was like the classic lineup. And mm -hmm. uh, that was the moment that I decided I wanted to be a musician, seeing okay. them on stage, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We, it sounds like we're probably around the same age. Cause I think that was about how old I was when cryptic came out and I was a big Pantera fan and Deftones. And so, yeah, we were going to, um, Ozfest and you know, any metal show yep. that came through Seattle, mm -hmm. we were, we were going to check out and I was in a metal band. I was actually like, like the singer, like the, the cookie monster screaming guy for a while there in high school. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, even before the band that I'm known for, I had some garage bands and I did like the, the low death metal vocals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because from, from thrash, I got like big into death metal, Okay. Uh, morbid angel, cannibal corpse, yep. deicide and death, uh, death. Chuck Schuldner is probably my biggest influence of all time. Okay. Um, uh, and again, and here I am in front of a big modular system. So uh -huh. it's like, how did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? That's, that's where I want to get to. Cause did you start with guitar and vocals then? Uh, yeah, I started, uh, well, ba uh, bass guitar was my first instrument. Um, okay. Uh, you know, because my friend already had a guitar, so can't start a band with two guitar players, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to be in a band really yeah. bad. So I, I'm, I was uh, doing whatever I could to make make sure that happened, you know. So my friend had a guitar. I went out and got a bass. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, from there, you know, uh, just going down the music path, you know, I remember hearing one song in particular that, I mean, to me it was all metal, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, but one song in particular started standing out to me, um, you know, that was making use of samples. I, I didn't really even understand what that was at the time. And uh, I fell in love with this band and it was a uh, ministry. Mm -hmm. So um, Psalm 69, um, later I found out, you know, bands like that and Nine Inch Nails were industrial. Right. And uh, I became really enamored you know, mm -hmm. with, with that whole thing and di diving into KMFDM and, uh, you know, eventually finding Skinny Puppy and, you know, the darker side of things and just really, really falling in love with the idea of like, whoa, you can like smash bottles on the ground and record <laughs> it and you know, that's an instrument, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and truth be told, you know, I had a bunch of these garage bands and I took them really seriously mm -hmm. and my friends didn't, you know? They right. wanted to smoke weed and do solos all day and yeah. i i was there with a, pe a notepad and paper trying to get down lyrics i'm like oh no we gotta structure things and mm -hmm. band practice me out it, it, this isn't fun right you know, the so difference between out. jamming and practice 
Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, looking at people like Trent Reznor, you know, I remember reading in some magazine that, uh, you know, this guy did everything on his own. Like, mm -hmm. you can do everything on your own? Okay. Um, so th that's actually the reason why I started an industrial band. Is, uh, okay. I, I wouldn't kick myself out of the band. <laughs> so I could get things done, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I feel like um, it's like... When you start with metal, especially if you're starting like thrash, you like it seems like there's a pretty good progression of like kind of getting heavier and heavier, and then I I feel like there's this crossroads that you hit, and I and you and I hit different the different uh, our paths diverged after the metal thing. You went industrial, I I found punk rock and went that way, and then I kind of missed industrial. Of course, I liked like Pretty Hate Machine and um, Downward Spiral and stuff, but like you, I just thought that was metal, and I was like, oh, this is weird metal. Um, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, but then I, I went kind of punk um, instead, and I didn't find electronic until my late 20s with like Daft Which Punk. Which is funny. Uh, see, growing up where I grew up, um, like the, the metal kids and the punk kids hated each other. Yeah, So like uh, you were on one team or the other, so... I kind of looked at things that way for a yeah. long time, which is ridiculous. And yeah. you know, I had a lot of friends in the punk scene, especially when I was living in Berkeley, California, like hanging out with uh, like Davey Havoc, the AFI guys. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that crew, um, Tiger Army. Well, I guess that's kind of rockabilly. Where I, I want to name drop ne but, necrobilly yeah. or whatever. What were they? What did they call it? Like oh yeah, what, hell, what hell, hellbilly. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hell, I saw. Um, I saw AFI with, uh, when they did the All Hollows EP at this club called the Rock Candy in Seattle, which no longer exists. In, fuck, I was 15 maybe. I mean, my mom dropped us off at the show and uh, they played with this band Indecision that I could never find their CD anywhere, but I really liked. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know why I brought that up. Probably because you said you were hanging out with David. I, Alec, I, but, miss, yeah. I miss the days of not being able to find that CD. I you do know too. I mean? Like I music was a lot more mysterious. Definitely. Yeah. I remember buying albums because the cover looked cool. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just, I mean, that, that is so far in the past at this point. And it's, it's a little sad. Yeah. I've talked know, about but, this before with other people, I think even on the show, but there's, there was something about getting that, that artifact that you saved up for, or you had, you know, you looked for, for sometimes a year and like, you know, like finding Milo goes to college on CD was so cool for me. You know, this, this 1982 album when I'm looking for it in 97 or whatever, you know, oh, you can't just order it on Amazon cause that shit doesn't exist yet. So when you find it, you study every fucking word in the liner notes, you know, and oh, then, yeah. you know, you try to just, you, you make mixtapes to try to get your friends into it. And yeah. It was, well, it was a ritual. It's a ritual. To totally. Point, absolutely. You had to sit down in front of a, you know, your CD player. And we all had those, uh, those three piece like boom boxes, right. Uh -huh. You know, like it has the, the tower and then the two speakers off to the side somewhere that you put in your room and you just, you know, it's, it's, God, it's like you're kneeling before an altar, totally, putting the disc on, and yeah. then you're sitting there reading this incantation. You know, um, it, I mean, it's super rit ritualistic. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, that's why, you know, uh, with our new releases and everything, we're doing vinyl. Um, and vinyl sales are surpassing CD sales, which is mm -hmm. ridiculous. Um, yeah. But um, it's great, you know, the people that just want to have that artifact, like you said, you know. Mm -hmm. um, well, it becomes yours in a way, like, cause it's so, the music is so deeply personal and, you know, when you find that thing that perfectly expresses the way you feel, 
but you can't express it, but you found this through this band or whatever. There's, it's a totem. It is totally ritualistic. It's, there's a mythology that you build around it. And it's just like, I don't get that with Spotify. And I wonder if maybe that's why I'm so attracted to modular. Cause there's kind of like a collector's aspect to it. There's like, you know, I'm, I like, I like the gear aspect of it, but I don't like getting dredged down and talking about the gear as far as like specs go, but like they are, I do like to talk about like the, how a piece of gear is really a piece of art and is really a piece of self-expression from somebody as well. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, I'm a sucker for aesthetics, you know, oh, me I mean, too. there are yeah. modules that I buy because they look cool. I you see know? you got and, R-Bar behind you. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, dude, everything, <laughs> <laughs> everything he does yeah. is just, I'm like, you know, take my money, just take yeah. it. You know, <laughs> I, I, I think I was even writing him yesterday, just like, Hey man, when are you coming out with the next thing? Because I'm, you know, just, I can just send you money now, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't care what it is. Right, right. And, and that's the thing is if, if something's beautiful or like, you know, something makes you want to touch it, then it's right. That's mm -hmm. all there is to it. You know, it Definitely. doesn't matter if it's better than the other thing. It's the thing that you're playing. Yeah. You know, I find, it, yeah. And, and you can, you get inspired the same way you get inspired by a song. I get inspired by the aesthetic of an, I mean, obviously it has to do something I'm into. Like I don't have R-Bar just because I think it looks cool. It happens to do something that I think is very, very cool. But when I'm, I mean, I'm looking at it right now and I can see yours. When I see those colors through that wave moving, it's almost like it's like saying, Tim, let's jam. Come yeah. on, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, you know, it's not there just to look pretty. I, I mean, I'm right. using it constantly. Um, I, oh, I, yeah. I've been doing a lot of film work during the pandemic. Um, and I actually have been for a while. Um, a lot of stuff that I've had to sign NDAs on, so I can't really talk about. But uh, some stuff that uh, I get to announce uh, soon. So uh, a okay. lot of uh, film score, sound design, um, and the intro stuff has been absolutely instrumental mm -hmm. in you know, developing like my signature sound. Right. Um, right. I'm still and looking it's so for immediate. <laughs> it's so it's so immediate. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I have Morphogene. I love Morphogene. Um, but the combination of uh, Lubod and Arbar to me is just that's where it's at. That's I, okay. I love Make Noise. Uh, mm -hmm. The shared system was my first dip into modular, and it's still the core of my setup. I have mm -hmm. it separate outside of my uh, large setup. But I feel like maybe what I wanted out of Morphogene, I got from Arbar and Lubod. That's funny because I I did the opposite. I had Lubod. Um and then I got, uh, and I had Morphogene anyways. I was like, okay, I do the thing that I do with Morphogene, which I love. And I got, I got Lubod to, to pair with Arbar, but I, I couldn't quite get myself to gel with it. And now I have Morphogene right next to Arbar and it's just like match made in heaven. But I also have this, I actually have a, a stupid sampler system right now. I've got the STS from 4MS, the Bitbox Micro, the Morphogene and the uh, Arbar. I don't even think, I have one oscillator in my system, but I use it as a, um, a CV source. So that's, I'm just having fun with samples right now. Sure. Yeah. And whatever, you know, your personal setup is, is what's going to get you going. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can um, make music with, with oscillators and, and sequencers. I just found that like when it starts to become kind of like writing a sequence just sounds like a chore to me at this point in my life, I'm sure I will, um, melodic sequence. I love writing, um, like rhythmic sequences, but, um, yeah, that's just where, where I'm at right now. Um, and I want my system to, to invite me to play, like I was saying earlier, you know. Absolutely. You know, with uh, Lubod uh, versus Morphogene, um, 
I, I love the the dual deck and the bouncing back yeah. and forth, you know. So uh, one thing I'll do is I'll, you know, um, without giving too much of my secrets away, you know, I'll <laughs> grab like my little Casio keyboard, um, mm -hmm. just track, just, you know, maybe like a little melodic sequence into one of the decks and then kind of manipulate it while it's, you know, because each deck is normal into the next, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. maybe with a little bit of feedback, I'll just uh, record my manipulated um, pass into the next deck, delete the first deck, find a sweet spot on that second deck, record it back into the first one, you, you know, and just, yeah. it's all that interplay, the back and forth, it's so immediate, where Morphogene, yeah. um, I suppose you could do that if, you know, I mean, I, I, there's a way to do it, maybe using just, if you use the left channel, maybe as a mono channel, going into the right channel, if you try oh, to use them separately. I hadn't thought about that, yeah, maybe like molt the right channel output or something, or... There's yeah. a way to do it. I'm yeah. sure there is. If we if we sat there and thought about it for a second, we yeah. figured it out. So but, with, um, oops. with uh, with Luba, it was um, honestly is it Luba. Or it's Luba? it's Lupa actually, like Looper. <laughs> Lupa. He, it's just it's it's he says Looper, but oh, with his accent, so. I can't tell if he's saying Luba. But so I just call it Looper. Um, but yeah, I'm everybody call it says Lubod it. Lubod <laughs> So I think the the main reason I got rid of it actually is I've been doing a lot of remote performances um, with uh, just like a, a battery pack, and it just draws way too much power. I can't. Oh yeah, that, just, I'm, I'm sure it does. Yeah, I had a, um, I had a smaller setup before I got the ADAC case, and um, yeah, yeah, I would uh, turn on my case and it would just flicker, 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 <laughs> yeah, turn on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, about 50-50, you know, mm -hmm. so I have to keep restarting it, restarting it, restarting it, and, oh, good, it's good to go. All right. <laughs> Just had to hit you know, it right on the, um, the cycle perfectly or something. Yeah, but I had so many digital modules in yeah. that case. I had that next to, yeah, Arbar, Panharmonium, uh, Morpheus, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Rainmaker, you know, just everything just drawing and drawing and drawing, you yeah, know, and yeah. uh, some of these earlier cases uh, or power supplies, um, Actually, I think I was using Synthrotech power supply at the time, which isn't really known to be the, the hardiest, but right. um, I'm surprised it handled that much. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a lot of these were built, you know, thinking that you're going to have a, a few analog oscillators, envelopes, and maybe a digital delay or something. Yeah, you know, definitely. So. Yeah. How did we get here? <laughs> we were talking about you playing in bands, and we ended up going on an instrument. Oh, just like the... It wanted, you know, CDs and, and art and then the art of modules. And that's so that's something that actually I wanted to uh, to mention on that subject to kind of bring it back around to the Cursible. Um, it showed up yesterday. Like it showed up last night. Yeah. And um, you actually got the uh, one of the prototype panels before okay. we uh, settled on the final art. Oh, really? Because um, I was going to say I love it. It just feels clean and it looks awesome. Um, and just like the the encoder i just i could sit and just turn the encoder like an asmr thing like it's just it's oh yeah yeah nice i module. really love the clicking of it i think mm -hmm. i think you might also have the rogan knobs but the final has um aluminum knobs okay uh, mm -hmm. so um yeah and then it has the the snake the little sacrament snake logo around it i think oh, i'm not sure if you have that i think you have a yeah it was like a prototype panel with a like a geometric sort of design yeah 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 well sweet then i've got like a cool like Early yeah, I think there are, there are three of those. In oh, the world, awesome! So I think Andrew Wong has one. You have one, and and I have one. But I, uh, yeah, that's it. I think that's it. Well, that's good company. I that think, makes me feel. That makes me feel good. Actually, can I just like 
be kind of gauche for a second. I have, I don't, I don't know where it is. It was just on my desk, but uh, I have a Strega model, a serial number 13. Is this the make noise? Yeah, they just announced it today. It's, it's so much fun. Oh, yeah, it looks really gorgeous. Um, yeah, when I saw that they were about to drop something the same time as me, I was like, oh, well, that's, that's dandy. Actually, uh, well, I think they'll pair very nicely together because you can run sound into it, and that's what, something I was thinking about setting it up and have it actually be one of the, the sends or one, you know, to, oh, one wow. of the, to, to receive yeah, yeah, my yeah. signal. So actually, when, I, when we get set up for that, I am going to grab it and put it on because oh, I'm great. curious to see how Yeah, I mean, I'm getting one too, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, even sight unseen. You know, I'm like, oh, Alessandro Cartini and make noise. You know, sure, count me in. It's um, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I love everything make noise does, and that, that was like my first love with modular for sure, absolutely. You know, yeah. and even uh, the Cursible when I came up with the idea, this was about five years ago. You know, I had a uh, Herbverb, Echophon, a few other effects, and. Um, I remember looking at my patch and I just had this idea. I'm like, wouldn't it be so cool if I could, you know, morph Echophon into or verb into one uh, of the other effects I had at the time? Uh, it's kind of hard to remember. Um, and uh, I stopped my patch. I ran over, grabbed a notepad and just started drawing out what this idea would look like, uh -huh. you know. Um, that's, that's really how it all came to fruition. And this I, um, was five years ago? This was five years ago. Okay, wow. All right. um, so originally, I had been working with a friend who had a, another smaller modular company um, on a prototype. He, he agreed to uh, move forward on it with me. And we had a super rough PCB, you know. Um, the thing is, he bit off more than he could chew. Um, he was really busy. And, you know, things were always about to be ready, um, you yeah. know, in a couple of weeks. And a couple of weeks turned into a couple of years. And uh, eventually, you know, I, I had been friends with Gertz and Erica since for a while. And uh, I had shown uh, Gertz the, uh, the design, you know. Um, we had the artwork done and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, I had shown it to him and, uh, because he was just coming out with Black Octosaurus. So this, it was that long ago. Okay. Um, and uh, Octosaurus, okay. as you know, has a ring of lights around it. And I was like, oh, funny uh -huh. that you are putting this out because check this out. <laughs> you know, and I, sh uh -huh. I showed him the design for the crew. He's like, what is this? You know, and we had some back and forth. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm like, I'll send you one when, when it's done. And anyways, uh, it just kind of never happened. And Gertz reached out to me one day saying, whatever happened to the Cursible? I'm like, well, truth be told, um, it's just been taken forever. And Gertz said, why, why don't you let us produce it? I'm like, oh, oh, that's awesome. That is so, so cool. I, ta I, I talked to the engineer I was working with. I told him about the opportunity. He's like, go for it. I'm super busy. All right. Okay. Cool. Perfect. You know, um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't ask uh, for a better collaboration partner. I mean, I love those guys so mm -hmm. much. They always put out really quality stuff. Um, I have a ton of Erica in my rack. Mm -hmm. Um Especially I love all the fusion stuff they do. It's just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, you, uh, you knew they had like the chops to do the the digital aspect of it, like the programming and stuff. You know. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Awesome it was that. no problem. Mm -hmm. It was no problem for them. Um, yeah. Then we just had a few revisions. They sent me a prototype. Um, you know, I took some notes, sent it back. You know, uh, we had 
couple different versions before we landed on the final. And uh, through the collaboration, we added a bunch of features that, uh, that I hadn't thought of at first, you know, but after a lot of back mm -hmm. and forth, we just started adding and adding and adding, you know. Um, the original concept was just basically a six-way crossfader uh, mm -hmm. between six uh, send and returns, and that's it, you know what I mean? Uh, but then we added a bunch of digital sequencing modes, um, fill mode, so rather than just, you know, being able to land on one at a time and morph between them, you can, uh, you know, stack all of them at once or, you know, and, and address how many are being stacked with CV or by clock, um, you know, and it's just added so much to it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm still discovering stuff about this. Like even uh, yesterday I went live on Instagram because I realized that if you stacked, um, you know, like a couple sine waves, then a couple triangle and then a couple of uh, like sawtooth, Basically, low harmonic content to high harmonic content uh, in the sends, and then you use an envelope in fill mode, you actually get like a low pass filter. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, no, it's super crazy. You can do so much with this thing. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I'm really excited. I, and I have actually had this in my rack for, I don't know, nine months, a year? Oh, really? Um, okay. I, mean, I was going to yeah, ask so, when and, you started and, working with Erica on it. Yeah, we've been working on it for a while, but we just wanted to make sure it was where it was going to be before we did any sort of uh, release, mm -hmm. you know, um, kind of have a proof of concept, you know, and not just like run out there with a crowdfunding campaign based on an idea. We wanted to have something that was in the wild already, you know, that's why we okay. sent one to Richard and Surachai mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Andrew and, you know. Yeah, it's been so. cool to like... I love that you, I thank you for hitting me up and thinking of me. That was really, that, that makes me feel cool. Um, <laughs> and um, it was cool. Like you, you, you started talking to me about it and I was like, okay, this sounds really neat. And then I just started seeing like all these different people that I knew starting to talk about it. And, you know, I like posted a picture last night and like the comments blew up and people were messaging me like, how do you like it? And I'm like, I literally just got it. So it seems like there's a pretty good buzz around it. And I think that's because... It's it's just like it seems like the ultimate utility that has like I know it can do other stuff besides just effects, but I've always found like I really want to do I want to try to perform as much as possible with my Make Noise Seven U like nothing else. That's what I want to I want to make that work. I think that's another reason I'm so into samplers right now. But I love effects. Like I don't want just one effect in my you know. But I want to use you know I want to be able to get the most out of my effects. I feel like this is just like the perfect thing to be able to like I can use all my modules with all my effects depending on how I have this configured and I could switch between them. And that's just another way to add that variation that you, that's so hard to find in a small setup when you're doing a live set. So to me, this just feels like so supremely sure. useful. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, you could even use it just in the way you described, you know, where, uh, if you have it in manual mode using the encoder and let's say you just have your signal piping into the in and out, and then you have your six or four, whatever effects, you know, all set up through the chain you know you can just have it on effect one and then uh or bypass to whatever if you want it dry and then you know have it on effect one and switch over to effect two for the next track or whatever you know so if if you have a performance oriented rig awesome. where you're doing everything live if, if you want to do something even that simple you totally can um mm -hmm. you know just all right here's the next song here's the next uh, effect or whatever bam done you know it's already pre-patched mm -hmm. sure and it also seems like with the, the different modes that you could kind of, you know, you'd get even more of that variation I was talking about. So you could start with the method that you just said, 
just the manual simple mode, but like build up to the, where at the end of the patch or the end of the performance, you're kind of using it in this like crazy, I mean, I still don't know all the, I, I looked at all the modes and I'm like, this thing seems deep. So I'm excited to jump into it today and have like, oh, have yeah. you walk me through uh, it. Also, the, yeah, piano mode is another really cool way um, to perform. And it's just like momentary switches. And uh, with the morph times, um, you, you have six preset morph times from clickless kind of on off uh, mm -hmm. to like long kind of fade in and, and out at the, at the last preset. So you can um, just have it completely off and then just, hold down one and then it swells in with that effect, mm -hmm. drop it, goes out, hold down two, three, four. So you can play it, you know, play the effects with your finger. I mean, oh, and that's, that yeah, sounds awesome. So, yeah, we'll have to walk you through that later. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, is there anything that you want to, um, you know, let's, let's talk about the campaign really quick before we dive into to messing with this. Um, okay. So as of today, it's what the 27th. But this will be out probably a week from Monday. So the campaign will still be going, right? Uh, yes. When, uh, does, it... when does it end? <laughs> so I, can't, I don't have access to the site right now. I think it ends on the 21st. Of February. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so this will definitely be out by then. Um, so you're kind of doing it. How, how are you running this campaign? It seems like a, a little atypical. It's not a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe. Yeah, no. So we, we talked to our friends at, uh, like game changer audio, mm -hmm. um, who are also out of Riga, um, you know, like Erica sends mm -hmm. and they had done a Kickstarter. They had done a crowdfunding campaign with reverb and a couple other friends. And truth be told, they had really bad experiences. And, uh, you know, this is a small company, even though we're working with Erica sense, you mm -hmm. know, um, Basically, they're they're going to end up taking twenty percent, and it it, it would uh, increase the cost of the module by twenty percent just to just to be able to host it right. on on a site like Kickstarter. And we didn't feel like that was fair to kind of you know it, either either we're going to have to add twenty percent to the cost, or we're going to have to sell a lot more of them. And I we that was unrealistic, right? You know, yeah. like uh, I think we're going to be fortunate if we make our goal. Um, and to add another 50 modules to that, you know, it would just be a little, I think a little too much for, uh, you know, our first time out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we figured we'll do everything in the house. Um, you know, it's all backed by Erica sense. Uh, they're the ones that, uh, are doing all the logistics and distribution and manufacturing and everything. So mm -hmm. like, actually, when you go to the Sacrament site and hit buy now, you'll notice it will actually take you to the Erica sense site. Um, so okay. uh, I don't foresee us not making it, but yeah, um, if we don't, you know, everyone gets a refund on the 21st. So, okay. Um, so, so how does it, it's not like a, a tiered donation thing. It's just by buying the module. It's just, yeah, it's just a pre-order campaign. That's okay. it. So we That's didn't have awesome. any t-shirts or anything to add to it really. Or, okay. you know, because sometimes with Kickstarters, you'll have a bunch of different things, you know, uh, buy five of the module at this price or whatever. Right, but we right. Just, um, just, just a pre-order campaign. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so how, and, but yeah. as of today, it's been going less than a week, right? Uh, I think just less than a week. Yeah. yeah. And we're, we're about, and we're about halfway there. That's a, so yeah, so, by the time um, this comes out, you'll, you'll, I imagine you'll be a little over halfway there, but like you were saying before we started recording and I know this from experience, I've done, I've done a GoFundMe and a Kickstarter to, you know, finance making CDs. Wow. That really dates me. Um, <laughs> but, um, it was always the first 
the first couple days and the last couple days when it when it happened there's definitely like an inverse bell curve as far as like how much donation you're getting and stuff well not donations in this case so um how much is it then if people want to go they're listening right now and it sounds intriguing they want to go buy it oh it's a it's a 220 euro um, okay. uh, introductory price, mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to go up to 250 once it goes into manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something we wanted to do for our early backers: um, yeah. is get it as low as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's like 270, about um, okay. US. Um, yeah. As far as yeah. Mod- modules go, especially something that's you know is is as useful as this, that seems like a very fair price and um, pretty affordable. I mean. Well, We're it's our first about, module too. Yeah. We, want, we wanted to get it out there, Definitely. you know. Um, yeah. And it's it's not it's not about the money. It's about you know, I this is something I wanted in my rack, and mm-hmm. that's all I cared about. I just yeah. wanted this module. It's something that didn't exist. I remember going on Mod Grid and just looking around for things, and mm-hmm. you know, oh cool, there's sequential switches, but that's not close to what I'm looking for, you know. And 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 maybe there are super cumbersome deep ways that I can maybe patch things up to kind of do what I want to do, but it's not right there in one module that makes yeah. it super easy, you know? And, and one thing I, uh, I like to look at the cursible as living like in the, in the, the mix section of a traditional synthesizer voice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, let's say East coast where you have your oscillators that go into a mixer section, then, then hit your filter and VCA, et cetera. And I figured if you could have the most interesting, oscillator before hitting your filter and everything then uh before hitting your sexy stereo effects and everything then you're going to have the most interesting sound mm-hmm. so you know being able to you know either take you know six different oscillators and morph them together before it hits the filter or, or you know or taking one oscillator or a drum sound or anything and then morphing it through all these effects and then hitting your filters and vcas and then your stereo effects like uh that's kind of the way to go so okay right um on. yeah well that's just well, my way of looking at it and it seems like, like you said, like, I love, I love hearing this from people who make modules, but it seems, uh, you know, it just seems really common is, uh, they make it for kind of a couple ideas in mind, but as they use it, they realize, oh, I can also do this. And it's just so funny to hear the people who create something, figure out a new use for it after it's been oh, created. Oh yeah. You know? And I, and I keep doing it. And, yeah. and uh, as I said, I, I've had this in my rack for a year and I'll tell you that 80% of the time I'm not using it for the reason I created it. Yeah, <laughs> which is you know I, I you know I I'm finding all these other ways to use it and and I use it often mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, and I did find that funny and uh, super ironic yeah um, and you know one thing I do want to add is that if this is successful we we got a couple other things in R and D already mm-hmm. and okay. so if this is successful um, you know keep an eye on us because we okay. got a couple more things that we're working on that uh, may even pop up possibly later this year. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was I was going to ask about about that seeing as you mentioned that you thought of it 5 years ago, like you've had a lot of time to think about this and you know having your your kind of head in the your brain space of of creating modules. I imagine that kind of like I mean, I, do you find you're constantly thinking of of new types of modules since you thought of this one? Uh, yes and no. Uh, you know, uh, th- there are times where I'll be in the middle of something and then I have to run out of the room, grab a notepad, and let's just say the notepad yeah, is very, yeah. very full <laughs> at this point. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's more of a, it, you know, and, and I only want to do things that aren't in your rack. 
You know, right. it just doesn't exist. You know, mm -hmm. I, I have no interest in doing another complex oscillator or another VCA because, you know, we have companies like Make Noise and Hex Inverter and Intro. I mean, are you going to do something better than that? What are you yeah. adding to it? Right, you know, right. do we need it? Do mm -hmm. you need another oscillator right now? Mm -hmm. You don't. Right. Like, you right. know, um, so I only want to bring things to the table that I want that do not exist. Um, yeah. And that, that's going to be our motto, you know, so... I think that's, I think that's what's really, really interesting about modular. Like, given that like a lot of companies are one to two people. Like the biggest company is like fifteen people. You know, like the big companies. You know, we're not. Um, and it just seems like it's not like Boss. You know, guitar effects pedals. And no shame on Boss, but they're just like this. You know, multinational corporation that are trying to. You know, it's it's a it's a capitalistic venture. Ultimately. Sure, and, and any cool ideas are going to have to get ran by a you know, a committee. Exactly. You know, yeah. who who maybe aren't musicians at all. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so uh, that's the that's the one really cool thing. Uh, I mean, essentially, Sacrament is just me. Mm -hmm. You know, um, paired up with uh, you know the R and D team of Erica Sands, Gertz, and all that's that. some good um, firepower to have behind you, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. And yeah. I, I, I've told him many times that I'm thankful for the opportunity. Um, yeah. You know, uh, but, you know, he's been really cool. You know, I, I'll just have these kind of wacky ideas and he's super into them, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so uh, very fortunate that there's no big board of, you know, committee people telling me, oh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, 10,000 people aren't going to want this thing. Right, it's like, right, no, right. 10,000 people are not going to want this thing. You know, this, <laughs> you know, this module is for people like me who, ha who have like way too many effects in your rack or this or that and just want to kind of get more out of everything. You know, mm -hmm. I, I knew going into this, it's not for everyone. It's not right, for a beginner. Right. It's not for someone with just like a rack brute or something mm -hmm. like right, that. Right, right, you know, yeah. It's, it's for, for the, the real nerds like us, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So. And, and yeah, again, that's what's so fun about this format is just stuff like this comes out. And, you know, um, I love when something comes out that scratches an itch that I maybe didn't know I had. <laughs> it's kind of a weird way to say it. I'm just noticing the alligator on your wall. <laughs> so um, I'll tell you the quick story of that because I don't know if I've shared it on the show yet. My one year for my friend's birthday, we're kind of always messing with each other. So for her birthday, um, my wife and I went to the Goodwill and just bought like we went. We tried to find all the stuff that we would um, never want, like that would be kind of almost <laughs> just like a burden to give to people. So we gave her just this giant bag full of just bullshit. And then, of course, on my birthday, she did the same. And um I definitely was not on LSD when I opened her, her, uh, her gift that she gave me. So all these trinkets are coming out and at the bottom, I pull off this, <laughs> this, this gift paper and that giant, it's like, it's like to scale, like an actual alligator sized porcelain head is staring up at me from the bottom of this bag and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I could, I could only imagine. <laughs> You guessed it. That's that's the the make noise strega going on here under my uh, my my chatting voice. Um, I'm gonna have some a lot of really cool videos on YouTube, uh, hopefully soon. 
uh, with Astraga, so keep your eye out for that. But I just want to take a quick moment to say thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. It means a lot. Um, I think January was the most uh, patrons that I've got signed on in a month, so thank you so much. If things are really picking up, um, and the more patrons I get, the more cool stuff I can create. Uh, just buys me more time, quite literally. So thank you so much for signing up. It means means a lot. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Modbang Cables. I love these cables. They glow in the dark. There's all sorts of really great colors. They have angled cables. They have quarter inch cables. They have 3.5 millimeter to quarter inch cables. Um, yes, highly, highly recommend them. Uh, they, they go with me on all my outdoor journeys and uh, they, have, they have stood the test of, of uh, yeah, the, the life of traveling around and going into the wild. So yeah, go check them out at modbang.com. Let's vibe out on the Strega Jam for a few minutes and then get back into our chat with Nero. was thinking like you walk me through it like I've never heard of it before like step by step so right. wh where should I start I was thinking of just using um like getting a sample repeating of just like a like a classical song or something so it's not just a droning uh oscillator um okay so you're gonna put that into the audio so I'll input. do that that thing's droning okay um putting that in the and audio then uh, in. okay yeah, go ahead and take the sum output and put it to wherever your output is going to be. Um, so what what effect are you going to be using effects with this? Yeah, I was going to send it. I've got, um, I got, well, I was thinking about using uh, R-Bar for one. I've got a couple delays, uh, Chrono Blob 2. I've got a Monsoon. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and uh yeah. Nostalgia three stage three stage delay, so yeah, I've got I've got quite a bit of stuff here. Um, Afterneath, so. Oh, rad. Yeah. Cool. So, um, you're just gonna want to take, um, you know, like send one and send it out to whatever effect that you want there. Um, Start with Chrono Blob. Cool, and then and then just take the output of Chrono Blob, uh, and put it right back into Return One. And then just kind of follow suit for the rest of your effects. Okay, you know, so you uh, get it set up with all channels. Makes sense. Okay. You know, you know, and you don't have to use all six channels. You right. know, um, and we can get to that in a second if you want to use, you know, three, four, five. Okay. Yeah. I'll, let's uh, let's use some delays and reverbs and uh, let's let's see. I, I I put I put a bunch of effects in this rack just for this. So let's let's oh, fucking, let's do it. Let's let's start with four right now, just to keep it kind of cool. Like, well, so what I've got is um, the send one is going to Chrono Blob delay, and then two 
is going to the Nostalgia three-stage delay. Uh, three is going to Monsoon. And then four is going to Arbar. Okay, great. So if you want to tell the Curseable um, which channels to access, the first thing you do is you hold shift and tap the top button. Okay. And you'll see all of them light up or none of them light up. Okay, none of them. Now, so okay, do now I have just, to hold shift? Yeah, hold oh. shift, tap the top button. Okay. Now uh, hit the first four buttons, and that's going to say that, that it can access those first four channels. Okay. What's, what, what are you looking at now? There it goes. Ooh, I got some nasty feedback going somewhere. All right. There it is. All right, so how many, how many <laughs> lights are lit up? Um, four. Okay, so just the four lit up? Yep. Um, the, uh, the four channels? The four that I'm using, that you yeah. Okay, great. Now you can hit tap shift again, and uh, that will go to nothing. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Cool. So if you want to use, let's say, clock drive, if you want to use a clock to go back and forth, you know, uh, to sequence through those, uh -huh. you just send a, a clock signal into clock. Okay, so I got into cycle of of maths coming out, and that's gonna go into the clock input. The, yeah, that's labeled CLK because everything has to be esoteric and bizarre. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I think that's just the rule of modular. Right. So to get into clock drive mode, you're gonna hold shift and tap uh, the fifth button, which would be labeled forty-two. Uh, forty-two. There you go. And now it should be. Going from one to the next. Okay, holding shift, tapping for And just tap five and let go. Oh, nice. I'm gonna slow this clock down a little bit. All right, cool. Uh, now, uh, for the morph settings, like the attack and decay of the fades, in order to get to that, just hold shift mm -hmm. for two seconds. And tell me where the light is. Um, it's, gonna, it's gonna take two seconds and then the light will appear somewhere. It was on six. It's on mm -hmm. six, so that's the longest time. Okay. If you want it to be a little quicker, you uh, while you're holding shift, you can change the encoder. Okay. To go to let's say like two or three, and that'll be kind of smoother, a little okay. shorter transitions for like a for a faster clock. Okay. And then uh, yeah, hold shift, tap five again, and you're back into clock drive mode. Oh, nice. Okay, let me turn these. Um the wet signals up on these so we can actually get. Also, if you want to change the direction of clock drive mode, if you hold shift and hold five, there are four presets. Okay. Um, uh, one being forward, two being backward, three being pendulum and four being random. If you, you have to move the uh, hold yep. shift hit five and move the encoder, you got that. Yeah, I think I just put yeah I just put it into random. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's like my favorite thing for it to do. Oh, so okay. Um, if I want, so if I wanted to, so as it's not on with a with a slow clock, um, can I get it to where it will leave the tails of like the delay and reverb? I noticed that when it goes bolt, when when there's nothing lit up, the the signal disappears all the way. Oh 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 oh! Wait, are are more than one lining up at the same time? Uh yes. Okay, so now you're in fill mode. Oh okay. okay. So 
Hold shift and tap the encoder. And let go. Okay. It just went like this. Now. There we go. Yeah, I went crazy for a second. Now go into shift five again. And, uh. Like hold it down? The two of them down? Yeah, hold shift and tap five. Okay. Uh, there we go. And if you want even longer tails with a slower clock, yeah, you can go uh, hold shift for two seconds and then put it back on like five or six, and that, that'll be like longer tails. Okay, okay. Hold shift. There we go. That's on That's on six there. Yeah, and uh, th that, that responds better to a really slow clock. Okay. Or like a, a slower... It gives it uh, time to ramp up a little uh -huh. bit, and actually, for the final firmware update, we're gonna give uh, we're gonna make it even longer tails. Okay. Uh, uh, so this, again, this is the prototype. Right. So, uh, in the very final revision, it's gonna be like long smears. Well, it's already super cool. Oh yeah, no, it's totally useful. I'm using it all the yeah, time. This uh, is... as is. I just uh, I wanted even crazier smears. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay, so this is random clock mode. Um, let's. Uh, is there anything else you want to show about the clock? The clock mode. Um. Uh, well, you know, uh, there's just uh, you know whatever directions you want right. to do. Um, you know, one one thing I like to do, um, especially with percussion. You know, what I mean, uh, if you're if everything is in sync and everything. Uh, if you're like, you know, have a kick drum going in or a snare drum going in and maybe all of your delays and effects are synced up or whatever, then, then clock mode is just perfect for that. You know what okay. I mean? Um, if you want to use CV. Really oh, okay. There we go. That is now, cool. Now, you, okay, for, for drum beats, I really like the shortest setting. So uh, okay. hold shift. Uh -huh. uh, for two seconds, and then uh, use the encoder to bring it down to one, and then use a faster clock. Like uh, especially if it's like in sync with the drums and everything, it sounds so rad. Okay, holding shift for two seconds. For two. Okay. Yeah, to get into the morph time settings, and then uh, it should be a six now, right? I think I screwed something up. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> one through four. I wish, yeah, no, it's, I know it's. I realize like you not being able to see what I'm doing is is probably making this way more difficult. Um, so okay, so yeah. all four are lit up right now, and shift is blinking. What what did I do? All four are lit. Uh, hit shift one more time. Just tap shift real okay, quick. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now nothing's lit up, right? Yep. Okay. So hold shift for two seconds. Okay, and now turn the encoder. I got you. I got you. Now yeah, I'm on shorter yeah, yeah, tails. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, uh, if uh, let's see, if all six, or if all four were lit up, you might have been back in full mode. Uh, just uh, hold shift and tap five again, and just let go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh, dude. You can speed up the clock if you want. Yeah. That is cool. And it's I still have the last um, the last sample from our bar is still kind of hanging around in there. So. Oh, right. That's popping in every once in a while. Oh, yeah. And, like, 
this is just like me haphazardly throwing stuff together. If I got like the clock synced with, um, you know, the the sample and with the, the clock drums, synced, yeah. it'd be so cool. Okay, right on. Yeah, it really, really opens up then. I mean, you can get, it's like instant IDM. Yeah, you know? definitely, definitely. I could see that. I could see like, an, well, you know, what's funny is like, I've been looking for, I've been basically wanting different types of signal processing um, to do, you know, more interesting stuff with my effects. But this seems like this is actually starting to kind of, you know, fill that gap, you know, because I've been like, what other effects can I do to just mangle my sound more? But this is, man, this is super fun. Um, yeah, you can pull out all the old effects, you know. And uh, the fact that um, one thing that I felt was important is putting that audio, you know, modules don't typically have like an input gain. Yeah, I know. Um, I love that but, you put that on this. Uh, well, it's really great for interfacing with pedals, you know, and okay. you kind of got to boost the boost the output, you know, mm -hmm. uh, of the sum after you use pedals. But you can take your oscillators or samples, you know, turn the audio input down, use uh, eighth inch to quarter inch cables, send out to all your static guitar pedals or whatever, and then bring them back into the module like that. Um, that's that's the reason I, don't, I typically don't like guitar pedals so much is because you can't really modulate you know, all the different parameters, um, especially after yeah. being in a modular for so long. It's like that's I want to be able to modulate everything, you know, uh, but being able to bridge them Definitely. in with your rack in this yeah. fashion makes it a lot more interesting. Yeah, totally. And and I feel like that's been something that that people have been wanting a lot more is, is being able to bridge that gap with guitar pedals. I know there's it just seems like there's more and more people making stuff that that makes that more possible um oh oh, oh one thing just, and too. i think while, that's while, because while, yep oh so you say, while you're there if you if you just tap shift again it should just go blank uh-huh now now if you want to play piano mode just play those by hand just start uh, tapping those encoders oh my god that's <laughs> and now, uh, and, and again, uh, piano mode is also subject to the morph uh, fade time settings. So if you wanted to, like, you know, change the the, the tails and everything, you uh -huh. can get back, you know, hold hold shift for two seconds. And okay, you know, so uh, if you want, yeah, there's like so that's just another one of those modes. So is there like an ADSR on the piano mode? Then is that basically what you're you're saying? Like, well, uh, there's an ADSR over every mode. Uh -huh. You know okay. what I mean? Uh, so no matter what mode you're in, um, that uh, the morph setting or whatever. Um, is applicable. Okay, this is so cool. Dude. Yeah, this is cool. This is super cool. I'm well, I want to get onto that CV mode cuz that was the one that I was uh I was most okay. excited about. Although so, you kind of um, sold me on that clock mode. <laughs> uh, uh in order to get to CV mode, you just uh hold shift and tap 3. Okay. And now it's going to respond to any incoming CB on the CB input. And that's the crossfade input? Yes. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to put and it got, and, and, uh, and that's an attenuverter, by the way. Um, okay, okay. On, on the bottom left. I'm tired of Aldang Zion. I... I worked on a patch with that for too long, so I had to switch my sample really quick. I actually want to, I want to, I have a 
an LFO going into it, but I think I want to just take a nice, kind of relatively long math signal, just a nice slope, and throw that in there. I noticed that uh, using envelopes, the best morph time setting is uh, two. So if you want to hold shift for uh -huh. two, two long seconds. One, <laughs> two, okay. And just hold it until the one of the encoders. What are you on? One right now? Mon yeah. Well. It, it so won't... just move it over to two. Okay. With the encoder. There we go. And then and then let go. And now go back. Uh, uh, Hold shift and tap three. Tap three. Okay, I'm getting it. I'm getting it now. All right. Yeah, you'll have to look at the quick start guide maybe a couple times, but then it, it really becomes second nature. Yeah, totally. It really does. It's not like disting Mark three. <laughs> this is a lot of fun, man. So I think it's still on random. Okay, so oh, what oh, I'm oh, noticing... Okay, so, uh, um, if it's on, uh, well, no, no. If you're using CV, then it's oh, uh, whatever the shape, uh, the shape is. Also, um, again, it's in a, it's in a tenuverter, the CV, uh, the CV attenuverter. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you, you know, you want to crank it a little bit to the right if you want it to be positive. Right. I just noticed that because it was just kind of bouncing between a couple. But oh, uh, you might okay. be using a square. Are you using a square output? No, it's just the math slope. I, I figured it out. You were. I just had to turn the attenuator or attenuverter. Oh, okay. Dude. Well, this is cool. It's almost like, especially with using it with R-Bar, I'm noticing kind of like the switching between the effects gives kind of a similar, it's almost kind of granular-esque in the, in the oh, switching yeah. between. Yeah, and I've noticed if you're using uh, super short fade times um, and a, a really fast clock or fast uh, modulation into the CV input, you can get like, what I call granular emulation. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? You can just kind of put whatever into those six uh, returns and totally. you'll, you'll get what kind of sounds like a granular synth. But it's not. You know, it's its right. own thing. Right, right. That's so cool. And so you can send um, CV the way we're sending yeah. audio here too. Yeah. So it's not just yeah. for effects. Nope. Wow. So Dude. you can put six CV sources into those returns and then take the sum and put it into your, you know, filters, your one volt per octave, whatever, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And get some really, really interesting stuff. If you do it with clock drive mode, if everything's in sync, you can get some, you know, dubstep kind of wobbles you know, with, a, yeah. with a different envelope on every, uh, for, on every channel, you know, uh, so everything could be in time. Or if you just want total random chaos, you know, just put whatever, you know, a couple audio sources, you know, maybe some... Uh, sample and hold, uh, a sequence, uh, uh -huh. a couple of envelopes, whatever, and then just kind of morph through them at random and send that to wherever, and you're going to get the most chaotic random control voltage you can possibly ever imagine. You know, and you can morph between Dude, them, which is this cool. is going to be so cool. Uh huh. Man, I'm really excited about this. Um, I was just thinking. I think rather than just run one sound into it, I, my my mixer has um, send and return. So actually, like you could create like a fully fleshed out patch and send it to this and send your whole thing to all of your, you know, the whole patch to your multiple oh, absolutely. effects. That sounds like a lot of fun. Man. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Sky's the limit. So what's, uh, let's do one more mode. You, dealer's choice. Um, let me think for a second. Um, 
Well, if you want to just do manual mode, yeah, just hold shift uh, and tap two. Okay. And now just turn the encoder and it should uh, go from one to the next as you kind of turn it. Aha, uh -huh, yep. Let's get something Which a could be a cool performance. Yeah. Could be a cool performance mode. You know, like if you have, uh, like we were talking about earlier, if you have different effects you uh, in a patch that you want to use on different... Um, Oh, sorry. Did I pause there? <laughs> Just your low. Let's see here. I went into low power. So if you if you have like six different effects that you want to use and six different uh, tracks, let's say uh, live, you know, and you want to just switch from track to track, you can just use that mode to kind of just switch from one to the next, uh -huh. to the next, to the next, to the next. Could be a really cool performance thing. Definitely. There's also like a. Uh, there's like a random drunken walk mode as well. If you tap, uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, is it four? Let's try it out. Uh, hold shift and tap four. Okay. And now when you turn the encoder, it's just going to grab a random effect. Oh, nice. So you can kind of like aimlessly just kind of mess with it and get kind of a random thing that's based off of your actual in intention. Yeah. Intentional yeah. Action. yeah and yeah, it's, I like that. Very cool. Very cool. It's a it's a fun, it's a fun mode. Yeah. You know. Dude, this is well. Then I really yeah, I like it too because some of the, my samples are a little quiet, so I can get that audio in cranked a little bit more on them too. Dude, this is awesome. I think you I think I'm you got a home run it. here. Yeah, I, I'm like. I'm getting excited to like just like totally dive into that. I'm gonna dive right into this when we're done chatting, actually. <laughs> oh, great, man! Yeah. yeah, no, it's super. It can be super inspiring, you mm -hmm. know, especially when you get the hang of it. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, you know, I'm not just saying I, I don't use it in every single patch, but I use it a lot, you know. Right. Um, and like I said, you know, I music is my job, you know, it's my life, right. and uh, this is something that. I felt facilitated something that I needed and wanted. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I use it constantly, um, you know, and I just hope that other people enjoy it as much as I do. I think they will. Um, so you just said you're, you're getting into low power mode, so I'm sure that means that your phone's about to die, so we probably got to wrap this up. Um, but we're well over an hour anyway, so... Um, oh, nice. Yeah, this works out perfect. But before we do that... One, one final little push, you know, where do you want to send people and anything else that we maybe haven't covered that you wanted to get out there? I don't know. Uh, just, you know, I really appreciate all the, the reshares and the posts from people. I mean, that's been amazing to, to see. Um, it seems like there's been a lot of interest and, and it really does help. Um, and to all the people that back the project, you know, it's can't tell you how much I appreciate it. You know, we really want to get this into your hands. Um, and, uh, go to sacramentmodular.com, uh, to, uh, yeah, get it. <laughs> Pick one up and there's a link in the show description. Um, well, Nero, it's awesome to finally meet you and, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, gla I'm glad we finally got to, uh, have a chat, especially under like these cool circumstances. So, uh, yeah, I really oh, yeah, appreciate man. Enjoy, time. uh, enjoy the patch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for it on Instagram. All right. Thank you, Nero. And thank you for listening. Remember, you have to go buy The Cursible uh, before time's out or it won't exist. There's a link in the show description. I seriously cannot recommend this module enough if you are into um, really using your effects 
to, uh, you know, to the highest degree of effect. <laughs> oh, I'm such a dork sometimes. Um, thank you to all of our sponsors, Needham Woodworks, Patchworks, Mod Bang, Cables, Tiny Crush Mixing, After Later Audio. Also, thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. If you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod, please visit patreon.com forward slash podularmodcast. Um, this is the patch that I made for uh, the, the New York Modular Society. Um, part of my performance there using the Cursible. I made this right after this episode, basically right after Nero taught me how to use it. And uh, yeah, it's, I really like this patch. So um, yeah, let's just listen to it for uh, the rest of the episode. And then until next week.